You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. Yes, and we're here for another edition of Soccer Talk in the Park, which is the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. In the room with me, studio, whatever you want to call it, we've got Dan O'Drummond, we've got Deagle Vender, and we've got Sean Lother. How are you guys? Good, how are you? I was, well, a little I was, radio silence. I was about to have to, you know, go and smack everybody <laughs> to see if you're actually Usually awake. Usually I jump in and say hi first, but you were so quick. You're the coffee, you're energized. We just you know what? It's, to, today's it's your snap, show. We're just living in it, man. It's snappy day. I know everyone's got things to do and places to go, people to see. Yeah, love it. How you are know? you, D-Dubs? How, how's it going? You know what? I'm actually okay. Just okay. Well, you know, there's just other things going on. We, we can talk about it right off the top here. <laughs> COVID, it's, uh, it's becoming the, uh, the popular thing to have. No, 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 it's, it's not a popular it's thing, but yes, I mean, Thanksgiving's coming up obviously. And we are talking about uh guy folks day in the UK. Yes. So that's, back that was interesting. Of Sean and fireworks. Yeah. And Sean, Sean was just uh, explaining to us before we went to air about the uh, bonfires they used to build and getting a penny for the guy. Yeah. And all that sort of stuff. And go to, go to the pub when all the drunken guys would come out and give you a pound rather than a penny and that was awesome <laughs> i get stuck in there's nothing better than you know free cash <laughs> I, I think we should uh, implement something like that here maybe when we're out in the field with all the kids what was that did they like burn scarecrows or something like that what is what is it they they burn a guy okay guy folks guy folks i think we used to do that when i was when I was growing up in south africa as well too i kind of vaguely remember that yeah it's to celebrate uh, the english police grabbing a hold of the guy who was trying to up the house of parliament and burn him on a stake oh unbelievable that's yeah. like in south africa it was just my yeah. neighbor we were trying to burn so <laughs> wow that's just, hang on that's an edit point hang on let me punch that no it's like uh craziness but yeah halloween's coming up covid and all that just uh gonna be taking part in in that and i guess guy fox day might be a little bummy in in the uk at yeah, this time of year right now to see what they do because they have major problems with covid over there so somebody had mentioned that and I just heard this up on the field yesterday that someone got their, their Excel numbers wrong in the UK and there's actually 16,000 more cases than what they thought. I mean, it could have just been really? a rumor. Yeah, someone told me about it. I was like, uh-oh. No, it's, I, I suppose it's possible. I, the, the numbers are... It's I, all the I, testing and whatnot. Well, I was so. just going to say that, you know, uh, with all the testing that's is becoming more efficient in how they do it and quicker results, all that sort of stuff, you're bound to get higher numbers. Mm-hmm. It, you're, it's just going to happen. And we're now heading into the time of year where you start to see a little bit more influenza, flu, all that sort of stuff starts to happen at this point in time through uh, through the winter months. You're even seeing COVID in the Premier League now, right? Like Mane's had it. I think yeah. a couple of Liverpool players have had yeah, it. Shakir and Thiago now. Yeah. yeah. So it's just coming through the, the squads a little bit because they're not really in a bubble, right? They're kind of going about... Their daily lives. I, I thought Shakiri was the singer, and that's when you're, no, no, I, I know who Shakiri is. Well, what kind of what kind of surprised me is that Tiago got a positive test, Mane got a positive test, and then they still played the game two days later against Villa. So I was like, well, if this is kind of going through a team, you would think that potentially they would wait a few days, mm-hmm. maybe postpone the game um, to see if there's anything else that pops up. Because now after that match. I know Shakiri wasn't in the squad, but he pops up. He goes to international duty, and he's he's tested positive. So really? yeah. So now, I mean, but don't they? Isn't it much like the NHL where you got tested right before the match? And yeah, you got I tested think it, after I mean, the match, and 
they yeah, get the results back quite quickly. But yeah, no, I, I know that it still takes time to sort of transfer and, and be incubation viable. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. but uh, that's just that's just ludicrous. So we can expect more of that. I know the city of Edmonton has talked about uh, wanting to to shut some things down. So by the time you guys actually hear this, which will hopefully be like tomorrow. <laughs> um, you'll be uh, locked down. Possibly, <laughs> we so, some things numbers could be changed and lowered and all that. I don't think it's going to affect sports. our our footy or, or sports. It's a possibility. Well, I, suppose. I know I know Henshaw last was it last Monday talked about sports on on her briefing and she said it's not getting transmitted in sports. So hopefully they don't close us down. It's it's amazing because I really think that the powers that be within each club and which within each association has really done their due diligence and have been on top of this so as not to spread it, especially the, the, the big three here in the, in the North have, have really made sure that uh, they're, they're taking care of their members and, and making sure that it's a, it's a free environment from, from COVID or, or the transfer of that. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody has done a good job in soccer. Um, they're aware that it's important that they do have protocols in place and they followed them to the, for the most part anyway. So hopefully we'll be okay and we won't get shut down and continue on with our, our season. Yeah, that, that'd be fantastic because it's starting pretty quick here and we'll, we'll actually jump into it. First, I'm going to let you know that we're going to be talking about what makes a great player. Um, so we'll have a bit of a discussion on that. VAR, for those of us watching the pro game and the, and the big game, how does it affect it? What's it all about? Is it positive? Is it negative? I know we've had this conversation in past episodes, but... Um, it's popping up every week, right? It does gotta, pop up every week, and especially with the change in the, uh, in the, in the rules, in, in particular on the PKs and things like that. And we'll also talk about the past weekend in the EPL and, and some other fun stuff. Okay. We'll start with club news. <laughs> Look at you, okay. Yeah, because it was fantastic for you, wasn't it? Well, you don't beat Man United 6-1 well, yeah, you're, you're wearing your Tottenham mask right now. And that's oh, the yeah. other thing, too. If, you, yeah. if it sounds like we're a bit muffled, we are. We're, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're all in this room wearing masks because we're smart about the whole COVID thing and wanting to prepare for that. But let's start with club news, club stuff. Um, we, we finished our final week, or we're in the final week now as we're talking with regards to the sort of a preparatory of teams and uh, getting themselves ready for an indoor season. Uh, we're utilizing the fantastic weather we've had here in the North for the, for, for getting out on the field and staying out on the field as long as we had. I think the fields are starting to look a bit like hay now, but it's... How good it's, the weather been? Oh, though? it's like, been fantastic. I've looked back on photos from the last couple of years of CIS games, and I, it was last year in Calgary, I think two weeks ago. Snow. It was, yeah, it was full of snow, and the game got called at half, right? So... yeah. You take this for granted for sure. This is awesome. This has been great. Yeah, I mean, this is the first Thanksgiving where I haven't been at national championships in 10 years. Mm. That's crazy. You know, so, it, and uh, you look at, you know, when they were in Lethbridge, well, I think it was only mm. three years ago, just got snowed out. Right? Yeah. We had to cancel the finals and then went and played neutral site games to, to do that, right? So, yeah, it's been good weather. Um has allowed the teams to continue to train and they'll keep training outdoors until they're told, no, you can't train anymore because of, yeah. of Mother Nature. I tell you, spatially, it, it makes a huge difference when you have a bigger space to work within and having half a f outdoor field is a huge difference than being inside in a, yeah, like in a 
I think uh, I think if area. we could rely on this all the time, it would be awesome because I think starting the week after Thanksgiving, we're naturally in indoors for most of our groups, but obviously teams can do their team sessions and, you know. And continue William. outdoor. Yeah, well, absolutely. But it, we just got to use those spaces because we've booked them, right? So. And, and the word is, too, that we're supposed to get weather similar to this for at least another month. Like somebody said it was going to go in, into November uh, and be, be okay. That would be great. I d- Shorten I the winter season. That would be swell yeah, in would. my books. I feel like you're in Vancouver with a little rain. Well, hey? no, I could, I could deal with the rain. Honestly, if there was a little rain, I'm okay with that. It's the, it's that cold stuff. <laughs> I don't mind the cold either, but it's when it gets really cold and, and all that. Anyways, crazy stuff. So um, we're still outdoors. We're, we're still getting and preparing for the indoor season. Um, had a great run of meetings last night and... Uh, for those of you that are in on it, it was the getting the community revved up and ready to go. Yeah, so uh, we had our we normally have an annual coaches in service before every season, uh, where we you know get coaches out to the field. We get to meet them face to face, things like that, and and run them through kind of uh, how we are operating here in Sherwood Park and give them like a, a guide onto how we want players to be developed and. And uh, we had to do one online. So it was the first time we uh, had a, well, I guess second time now that we had a coaches in service online. Uh, had a good presentation. Lots of information um, because now we are going indoors into uh, the Millennium facility. So there's a lot of protocols that uh, and guidelines that we have to follow and, and get our, our volunteers up to speed about that. So, um, you know, Dean Masterangelo and, and Martin Zoller to, uh, with the referees, they, they did a great job. Uh, presenting on that and and uh, yeah, it was it was good. It was a uh, it was an hour. Uh, one of the sessions ran a you know a few minutes over and and we had to wait on the other group for a bit. But um, no, it was it was good. Lots of information, great feedback from the coaches, uh, asking questions. Uh, looks and seems like we've got a very very organized bunch uh, of volunteers this year, which is absolutely amazing. And yeah, I thought. Uh, I thought uh, it was as smooth as it can go. So now it's uh, it's going to be about getting through those first initial couple weeks and and the protocols and the protocols and, yeah. and, and figuring out how we're going to deal with things in in Millennium. So it's the the first few weeks are going to be a little touch and go. So um, yeah, we're just uh, excited to be up and running again and and be able to almost get back to like what we normally provide, except for you know we're not we're not quite there yet. Um, you know facilities, and I'm gonna DW is gonna gonna shake his head and nod at me. People, we need we need a facility out here. <laughs> we call your counselors, you email your counselors, whatever it is. We only have two fields in an indoor season for at Millennium Place. We need more space. We need more space to develop players, and we need an indoor turf space. Is what we need. Yeah, we, definitely. We truly do in this neck of the woods when you've got this many people involved in in sports in general. Because the green space, uh, an indoor turf space, could be used by Baseball, multiple lacrosse, groups. Yeah. Exactly. Football. Football. Everybody can, yeah. can enjoy it. Um, so, yeah, get out there. Talk to your just Just identify, in, in just identify that out of the, all the hockey arenas that there's in within the, the region, there's only two soccer pitches. Two soccer pitches in the whole entire county of Sherwood Park. Uh, Which Mountains. are really hockey rinks, not right. soccer pitches. Exactly. Yeah. It'd be one thing if you had a facility or a structure like at Millennium. If you took both fields completely out, took the stands that are set up there. Well, they've they've and done that for push them their... to the sides, yeah. So you get rid of that middle section completely and just turf the entire square in the middle. Have you been there when they've had craft fairs and whatnot, and they've set up for it? 
I've been when the boards are out. I, I hang on. I've been there when the boards are out, but there's still that pathway that goes down the middle of both rinks. Yeah, I'm no. talking about getting rid of that. No, so I've been there when they, you know, with an academy or whatever the case is, uh-huh. and, and they they've taken everything out and they're getting ready for either a grad or something along that nature. Okay, okay. Yes, there's a couple of the pillars, but that space is massive. It's unbelievable. You look at it and you start to think, wow, what could we do in here? Like, it's great yeah. with, the, with the stands out too, right? It's a, it's a big space for sure. And they don't take the carpet up, do they? Oh, no, uh, yeah. they, do, no, they for, do for some of the stuff, but yeah. like they don't have ball hockey in there, do they? No. So like at, the, at the end of our indoor season, um, they rip everything out. So they take all the carpet out. They take, um, they pull the the one side of the nets out. Uh, they take that middle, the stands. They take it out. They leave it in the parking lot, and it's like a, it's almost like a sport court type of uh, f- uh, f- floor. Because mm. yeah. mm. I, I mean, that's one thing I think they could really do is literally you could put the stands up against the walls on either side where the dress rooms are, leave that pathway underneath so the dress rooms can still be utilized. And then just turf the whole thing. Even if you've got the poles there, at least you've got Had these much whatever, bigger yeah. spaces, especially when you take away the uh, the actual boards. Yeah. It's huge. It's, it's a big, massive. big space. Yeah. Yeah. It would be it would be fundamentally fantastic. Hmm. I just thought I'd throw the word fantastic in because that's just what I do. <laughs> Phoenix. How are we doing on the Phoenix side? Everyone's prepped for uh, a season to begin and uh, ready to go. Yeah, good. Sorry, I'm just watching this uh, behind the, 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 the little the, hand the, gestures. Yeah, the production. No, it's been good. We've had three weeks of preseason training up top with our Phoenix groups and PDP. Uh, our PDP group's going to continue to be outside a little bit longer for sure. And we're headed inside into TTC and Millennium Place for a lot of our groups um, in about a week and a half. And that's going to start with league play as well for East and EMSA, both the 24th and the 17th. So right around the corner. It's pretty yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's come up, but... That's awesome. I mean, and I know everyone's looking forward to it. And the community side, everyone's fired up and ready yeah, to go. Yeah, we're, much we're like fired the, up, and then we're gonna we're we're gonna be offering some more uh, opportunities for people to get out and, and play some soccer. Um, we have the Rise and Shine Academy again starting up. That's going to be coming up, uh, you know, in in a few weeks. Uh, and then new uh, on the plate, we're piloting a, a, a project um, this year called the Homeschool Soccer Academy. So. Uh, for any students, any athletes, anybody really from our region, anywhere in uh, throughout you know Edmonton, whatever surrounding areas, um, we are offering a, a day program, an academy style program, um, from you know one to three uh, on a Thursday afternoon um, for for kids anywhere from grades four all the way up to grade twelve. So now, what, could that include the one listener from Prague? It, could they fly in hey, and fly in, yeah, you get involved in the... Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Prog shout out. <laughs> Prog, they'll, they'll need two weeks to quarantine first, but yes, then they can yes, jump into the program. Right? Fantastic. Yes. Yeah, so it's something new. It's, it was just getting uh, off the ground and we're hoping and looking to start somewhere and then and then build it uh, as the years come. And, and it's exciting to try to be innovative in, in our region. So it was something that you know we talked about in the office a couple months ago and it's it's coming to fruition starting today. That's that's nice. awesome. That's awesome to hear. And then, of course, shots and stops uh, will be fired up on the 29th of this month. So feel free to sign up. There's two packages. We've actually extended the packages. They were five sessions before. We're able to offer six sessions now. Um, hugely successful the last couple of years, uh, D, with us yeah, running amazing. it. And yeah, amazing. So uh, it's continued. It's a Friday night uh, project, uh, two sessions. One starts at six, the other at seven. 
at the TTC. So lots of lots of positives and lots and of great stuff going on there. And maybe to wrap up the club stuff because it's a bit of a new outdoor preseason thing. Um, your goalkeeping camp, if you will, how's that been going? You, you know, know what? A lot of keepers out there. It's been yeah, it's unbelievable, awesome. and it's been great to see uh, the keepers that have showed up yeah. and uh, create that bit of a culture amongst the keepers. Yeah, well, and that's it's it's a necessity. I mean, there there's there's that whole uh, keeper. Um, Crazy what, keepers? Well, we're all crazy keepers. I'm just trying to think. The uh, the GK Union is what we like to say, call them. The union. Yeah, so the union has been uh, been working their their butts off, and it's been really well attended in the older age groups and uh, younger ones. Bit of a struggle, but I don't know if. Uh, if they really understood what was going on and and the program, we kind of it wasn't a rushed program to put together. It was uh, it was just something that we decided to try. And, and you have uh, those older players that are specialized in that position, right? Of That's course, of course. And it's preseason, and they they love the idea of okay, I want to get a couple of extra hits and just go through some of the fundamentals again and and get a better understanding for what I'm going to be called upon to do. Totally. So it, it, it's been really good in that regard, and. Uh, yeah, they all they all seem happy. It's uh, I've got a session with the young ones today, nice. so uh, that'll be interesting to see. At least they're having fun, and that's uh, that's the huge part about this game is making sure that not only are they learning, but they're having fun. So, um, any other programming or thoughts as far as what's? Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, obviously, I'm just new to the club, but uh, I've been impressed with with our players that we have actually, particularly on the female side. Uh, we have some very, very good young players coming through, and I'm I'm excited to see how they develop and, you know, go on to bigger and better things. Because I'm sure there's some some boys and girls out there that will go to higher levels of play. So, uh, it's it's good to good to see that happen. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Hey, listen, we're gonna take our first break here. Um, you are listening to Soccer Talk of the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. We'll be right back. This episode of Soccer Talk in the Park is brought to you by Above and Beyond Compression Inc. They have the largest inventory of natural gas parts in Western Canada. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We are back. You've thrown me off here yet. <laughs> Son of a gun. Um, you're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of... The Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. In-house with me, we've got Dan O'D and Sean. Hey, buddy. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. I just thought I'd throw out everybody's name again because just in case you're just tuning in now, you'll have an idea of who's <laughs> actually in Prague, speaking right? at you. So maybe. You know, it could be later in Prague. Someone might be a few uh, peas does. Is that what they call beer? And No, that's Russia. What do they call beer? And hey, you know what? Close enough. Czechoslovak- yeah, okay. <laughs> Czechoslovakian beer is cheap, so I'm sure somebody's having a Ten. couple right now <laughs> somewhere in the world. Um, so we're going to get into a discussion about, and, th- and th- this was all sparked for me overhearing some conversations here in the office and making note, thinking this would be a, a fantastic topic from both the youth perspective and beyond and getting beyond. What makes a great player? We see it at all different levels. We're able to, um, because we've been around the game so long, the guys in this room here, you're able to see that player's got something or they've got talent or, you know, you, you see some inkling from the player that they're destined for something a little higher mm-hmm. within the sport. 
I think like we were chatting about this before we kind of got on air too. I think something that jumps out for me is mentality. It just sticks with me, right? Is the mentality of the kid that they've got to want it. They have to have the desire. The passion has to be there, right? They could have all the tools in their toolbox. They could be technically gifted, but if they don't have the desire, the attitude, I think it's just the mentality of the player that sticks out for me. Yeah, for sure. I I think, uh, you know, part of the conversation I heard was, does it really... How, how do you get that person to become a great player? Is it is it purely the coaching? Is it is it just within the player to bring out more of that skill set or that ability or that passion for the game? Um, thoughts? Yeah, um, it's like using the word "great." People use that too often. You know, they say that he's a great player, she's a great player, and really. Great players, there's, there's few of them. So if we're talking about the highest level. Yeah. So a great player, when some names, Pele, Cruyff, Maradona, uh, Ronaldo, Messi. You know, these, these, these are great players. Most, great, most people who say they're great players, they talk about attacking-minded players. You know, mm-hmm. that they're, they're flashy, they take players on, they got all the skills and, uh, and tricks and flicks that, that, they, that they use. But really, to me, great player is someone that does their job. A, a great centre-back cannot get the ball and beat three or four players like Messi can. But he's great at his job. So you've you got to look at what they're doing and what position they're playing to make, to make that, that assumption they're great players. Mm-hmm. I've played with some very, very good players throughout the years and some players that were great. And the difference is the great players, no matter what the, the game is, their performance is consistent because if they're winning 6-0, losing 6-0, tied 1-1, their performance is consistent all the time. That, to me, is what a great player is. Yeah, so a consistency, definitely. Um, and that's where, you know, at the youth age, they might not understand that whole part about being consistent or how to maintain consistency. Um, but are they still at least driving towards that? Can, is there, and how do you help them? How do you help them as a coach when you see that? Yeah, I think that I think that there's there's got to be a good support system as well too. I mean, talent is going to be one thing uh, that players or that, that can have, but they need to be guided in 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 the right way. Uh, and it's not just from the coach; it's going to be from the family background. It's going to be from you know teammates. It's going to be how how are we supporting each other throughout the process? And talent, you need talent for sure. Um, but you know, talent can only take you so far. Um, you have to, you have to be, you have to mature well. Uh, Sean talked about consistency and performance, and then you have to have your your feet on the ground. You have to show some humility. You have to, you have to have a support system where um, your parents and and everybody understands the the process of how uh, things are going to go in the developmental stages. And yeah, I feel like all the things have to click, you know, in order for that player to achieve greatness if they can. Yeah. I, yeah, no, I, I D kind of stole the words right out of my mouth. I speaking with Sean as well last time on the podcast. So you you look at Alfonso Davies, right? Like how he excelled. I know Sean had said that, you know, nobody's responsible for the development of Alfonso Davies, but Alfonso Davies. Yes, there's yeah. been there's been people or participants along the way that have sure heck helped him along the way. But I think him as a person, and again, I I revert back to that mentality, and that that includes being consistent as well. So. Yeah, and it's the same. I've seen it a few 
different times from at least with the goalkeepers I've worked with and the ones that have excelled uh, throughout the years, like the Steph LeBays of the world, the Aaron McLeods of the world, um, and seeing some of those players go through. I've been lucky enough to be around Christine Sinclair, for example, when she was extremely young and was working her way through um, programs to get to the point where she's one of the, she is the or one of the top strikers in the world in the, mm-hmm. in the women's game. Um, and it's, it's amazing to see they've, for the most part, they're such well-balanced people in regards to how they think things. And the ones, there's some ones that have struggled, uh, to deal with different things within life. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if she'd be upset for me mentioning it cause she's mentioned it herself, but Steph LeBay has had some issues, um, with like depression and things like that. And, and to be able to battle through that, to maintain your balance and become balanced as a person and and as a whole moving into sports, that's a huge part of what's going to help you to go on to achieve uh, at the next level um, sort of thing. And I, I don't think people, especially the younger kids and, and players, I don't know how much they realize the work that goes in, to being a great player. Um, there's a desire there, but do they, you know, truly understand it? And again, how do you foster that? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you can say, I want to be a world-class player. I want to play for Bayern Munich and play for for England or Italy or whoever, but you have to do it. And the people who only do it when things are going well and they don't do it when they're not going well will never become great players. And it's like I said, consistency, no matter who the opposition is, who you're playing against, you're always consistent. It's a, it's a funny it's a funny game because it's a team sport and everyone talks about the team. You know, make sure you're part of the team and the team comes first. But I have an opposite approach to that. When, when, I, when I was a player, I had to make sure that my performance was the best it could be to help the team have success. And if the team won 5-0 and, and, and I didn't have a good game, I was upset with me because if I played a good game, we could have won 10-0. Or if we lost the game 2-1 and I, and I had a great game, I did whatever I could to have success and I won my battles and I played well, I was happy because I did what, whatever I could to contribute to the team. And that's the difference. The, the result at the, at the end of the game doesn't matter. It's the performance that you put in and world-class players always put in a consistent performance. Yeah, and, and I know it's fairly individual. I try and, and, and let goalkeepers know uh, because it's such a different position than the rest of the field. And I say that, I say that because it's changing now and, and the keepers are more part of... More integrated. Uh, they're more integrated sessions, into the yeah. attack, into the defending and, and, and how things will set up on the field. But they are still more individualized than the rest of the field. Um, so again, trying to get that across part of the goalkeeping camp that I'm running right now, preseason is to get them to understand that and to, to know that what they bring to the field each and every day is going to make the difference in the long run, both in their own game and for that team ahead of them. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, I'll throw in their training habits as well, too. Uh, I'm just, I'm going back on, on something that I encountered yesterday with a, a player at my academy and, 
and club player and playing at a and playing at a club and 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 I'm looking looking at his training habits when he's at academy and, and you know I pull him aside and I say you know what's the difference between you and your club program in here I said because I can guarantee you you don't train the way that you're training right now here for them and and he kind of looks at me he's like you know he, he kind of shook his head I said you have to try to be consistent in 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 your performances with your training in in a school program whether you're training in in your club program or you're playing the game because you have to build that you have to build that consistency because that's going to you know build those consistent performances and and you have to have a that develop that mentality and and go in there to try to become better i'm like otherwise you know you're you're wasting your you're de- you're developing bad habits you're 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 training bad habits you yeah, know so it's funny sorry to cut you off yeah. there but I, I, I agree with you i think you see kids and they're taking the opportunities to try and be consistent um you know when it suits them but they need to be consistent across the board and i know sean's been speaking more of great players of world-class players but you know us relating it more back to youth and maybe the kids we're working with here it's like what are you doing when you know the environment maybe you are the top dog but how are you going to act right what's your performances or your behavior or training habits going to be so see that far too often you see a kid that trains well across all different um you know environments yeah it sticks out you'll remember that kid because there's not that many of them right yeah absolutely yeah for sure i I think players in general and and it's like you know the the desire at the younger age just like you said uh, sean to play for Bayern or to play you know in the mls or wherever it may be um and, and that's a youthful thing. That's like saying, I want to be a fireman or I want to be a, you know, a policeman or I want to be a, you know, a doctor or something like that. It, you may not get to that point mm-hmm. where you actually become that, but it's, it's how you approach it. It's how you, what's, what's going to make things uh, or help me to be more successful in that approach and what I want to do. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a funny one. Like, you know, players get excited about games, you know, and they get up for games and they don't get up for training. Well, if you're up for training every day, your your next game you play, you'll be at a higher level. And then the next training session, you you push yourself again, then this performance in the game will go higher. You know, so it, it all depends on how you train. In fact, the, the best coach that I ever had was a guy called Johnny Giles, who played for Leeds United and good name, Ireland. by the way, hey? Johnny, Johnny Giles. Giles. Yeah. I mean, world-class player, like a world-class player. I watched him as a kid, mm-hmm. growing up in England. Hated Leeds United, but <laughs> anyway, he, he, he was an extremely good player and by far the best coach I ever had. Um, his training sessions were the same every day, didn't change it, but it was so competitive. And the training sessions were more competitive than the games that we actually played in. We We'd actually kick lumps out of each other in training, and that would just make us better for the for the games on the weekend. Yeah. So it's it's about having a mentality of I want to be the best I can be, and every time I'm on the pitch, whether it's a training session, whether you're playing tiddlywinks, you're going to make sure that you do the best that you can and try and win those battles. Not necessarily win the game, but win those battles against the opposition. And if you do that, you become a better player. I, I and I, I love that whole attitude because that goes to everything in life. If you put an effort into something, you're going to see success. So whether you're playing the sport and it's not quite your forte, you're always going to improve. Maybe you'll find another niche within life that's going to be what really takes you further. But if you really apply yourself and get yourself going um, up and for every training session, for every 
you know, study session for everything you do in life. It's, it's only going to benefit you as a player in the long run. Um, which is, which is unreal. I mean, we could talk forever on this topic, but we're, yeah, yeah. I was going to, I was the last thing I was going to mention was that, that, that support system. And I know Sean and we've kind of been talking about, about is, is the parent education side of things and, and how to properly give them the information on how to support uh, their, their young player. Because at the end of the day, if you're starting in our, in our junior Phoenix program at eight years old, um, you might have some aspirations as a player. You're, you might have some aspirations for your son, your daughter. So that's something that we're definitely going to be looking to put together as well. Yeah, for sure. Hey. And, it, and it's not, not necessary for, th- for these young players to become professional soccer players or to play for, the, for Canada or whatever. Yeah. But it just gives them the attitude of, I have to put the effort in to achieve something. And they can use that information for all facets of life. Maybe they're going to just play for Phoenix and they're done. Yeah. Maybe they'll go from Phoenix to a university program. You know, but it's just, it's the journey that we're trying to make competitive for players to make them realize that they have to put the work in to be good at whatever they want to be. Yeah. For sure. Move into the workplace, right? Exactly. No? Exactly. exactly. Become better people. And that's part of our job too, is to try and improve the the whole outlook of, of the players that we have we have to deal with. Hey, listen, we're going to take another break here. Uh, I'm going to go downstairs and tell the people in the shop to stop banging stuff because I'm, I'm hearing it like crazy. Uh, <laughs> yes, we're, we're close to a mechanic shop here, and, and, and oftentimes you can hear stuff. But Maybe I they can sponsor the podcast. Maybe they can sponsor the podcast. <laughs> the least they could do. Then they can bang all they want. A couple, exactly. couple revs in Co- the background. A couple revs. <laughs> I love it when they get the motorcycles or the off off-road vehicles in there and they, they discount on oil changes <laughs> right like <laughs> exactly we're thinking all right you're listening to soccer talk in the park the official podcast of the sherwood park district soccer association and we'll be right back this episode of soccer talk in the park is brought to you by above and beyond compression inc they have the largest inventory of natural gas parts in western canada Ah, uh, no. yes. Dano was just taking his wings off. He was uh, <laughs> trying on a little outfit for his daughter later on. What do you mean? He was flying high from the Spurs result over the past exactly. weekend. Exactly. I think everybody was flying high with that. Well, everybody who likes Spurs was flying high over that. Um, yeah, let's get, let's get into this. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit about the EPL. Why? Because we are all fans of that. And I don't want people to get upset if we're not talking about the league that you prefer to watch. Yeah. Um, this just happens to be what, what we watch. What we watch, <laughs> exactly. So we'll give it a little bit more of a go. If you have an idea or a thought that you uh, would like to express here on the podcast, feel free to email the office. You can email myself or any one of the four of us that are in here. And, um, you know, come up with some topics, some thoughts that you want to hear uh, hear us talk about on on this podcast. Even if you're in Prague, you know, send us something. We'll <laughs> we'll talk about the beer that's uh, fantastic in Prague. We got to check to see if this Prague listener listens again. Because if so, you know, we're gonna have to get him on the show. We're or, gonna have to get him on the she, show, or she. So did, long, did, long did Dave, was that a pun? We have to check to make oh, sure. Oh, but I'm no, I didn't even pick yeah, up on that. Hang on, like that. <laughs> yeah, that, that deserves well a little applause, Dano. Well done. Get the, get the humorous puns going in the background there. It's better than, better than that sound, that's for sure. Um, so VAR, let's discuss it because it's having a massive impact oh. on matches right now, especially in the English Premier League. Um, 
it's, and especially the PK rule. I, I, I personally, I think it's great. Newcastle will get a result because of, <laughs> because of the <laughs> bad call. Ask Mourinho about that one. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it's gone too far. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, get rid of it. Uh, go back. Wow, to get rid of it completely. Yeah, I mean, I I understand for goal line technology and, uh, you know, instance around the goal, but because a guy's toenail is offside, you're going to call a goal back. That happened 10 minutes ago. Yeah. That, Come no, on. I, I'm, uh, you I'm know what I mean? I'm in Sean's camp. Like, I think if you watch the NFL, they apply, like, every millimeter and camera angle to the NFL. And it's a type of sport that you can stop and break it down. Mm-hmm. But with soccer or football, it takes away from the moments, right? And I think everybody's been on, you know, positive sides. Of, let's say Newcastle getting results and negative sides. But it's not it's not what's best for the game. You see a goal scored and let's say Spurs, like Sun's like half his shoulder, not even half his shoulder, like just slightly. And you're, you're looking at two lines on a screen and you're debating with your friends on a text. And it's like, <laughs> what have we done? Like you can't celebrate a goal anymore. You have friends? Oh, wow. Wow, no, I wasn't going there. I was thinking more myself because um, I, who do I text? Uh, nobody. Hey. You text me and tell me how Larissa did be uh, yeah, there. Yeah, so, you're right, you're right. Never um, mind. Sorry, I digress. I think it just affects, like, it just affects everything. Like, you just can't celebrate a goal like you used to. I think goal line technology, it may be red card offenses. Oh, leave, fair enough. Leave the offsides. If, if someone's half a yard off, like two years ago, and he scores a goal off of it, you're like, oh, I guess I can't swear on here, but that shouldn't that shouldn't have counted, whatever the case is. But you get on with it, and you kind of say it balances out throughout the course of the year. But yeah. I think it's gone far. I think it's gone too far. I, I hate it. I, at yeah, this point. I just think the the way that they're applying some of the rules and how they're adapting some of the rules is is far fetched. Like I understand that the, they want to be able to have the opportunity to go to VAR to check an offside, but. If, if you're a center back and you're in the 89th minute and you now have to go sprint 20 yards to go catch a forward that may, be off, may or may not be offside, you pull a hammy and you're going to be out for the next, you know, six to eight weeks, that's a problem, mm-hmm. you know? And, and when, you, when you are, you know, in the box, you're talking about PK rules and, and a guy's sliding in and, and the, I think they've updated the terminology on, on, on you know, in a your hand in a natural position. That for me oh is that for me is the worst one that I think because you see a guy go sliding by, someone pulls the ball back, and as they're sliding, they happen. To, it happens to clip their hand. Well, the, the one was the guy was sliding, but he wasn't even looking at the ball. He was he was the ball was behind him, and he's sliding down on the ground, and it clipped his show uh, his elbow, and then they gave, gave a pen yeah, for it. That, that's like that for me. Like I think it's got some merit in regards to like you said the goal line making sure it's a goal or not a goal and and red card scenarios certainly in 1986 it would have been nice to have yeah, <laughs> yeah. no goal maradona sent off yeah. <laughs> hand of god and all yes you know or henry's when he, yeah. he put france ireland out, ireland out yeah. Yeah. you know yeah. handball in the box so. yeah yeah it's a difficult one i mean i don't think we should have it but I understand that it's there's millions and millions of dollars on the line on those decisions but, that get made, right? And then, and then that's the other thing. Does it go more to the millions of dollars on the line or the fact that everybody on this planet now has some kind of technology that they can utilize, whether it's a fan just watching and going, no way, that was offside, and they email like crazy the league. Does that... Do you think any of that has an effect or is it purely the monetary end of things? 
well, that I would think drive that. We could get to the point where you could tie it into what people think. So there's a buzz, there's a little button, handball, and everyone votes on it, and they make a decision based upon <laughs> <laughs> the voting <laughs> from friend. <laughs> Nothing off the friend. table. And they can always hear sounds like yeah. that, you know. It, uh, yeah. it was handball! <laughs> give, give the coaches a challenge flag and let them throw in the right. field. Yeah. Oh, it's funny, though, because we talk about goal line technology, and if you guys remember towards the end of last season, during the project restart in the Premier League, Sheffield United was playing Aston Villa and a ball got crossed into the back post in some way, shape or form. And looking to the naked eye, you're like, that's it. Didn't call it. Like what, what's, what's going on? And I think if I have it right, the game finished one, nothing. Does anybody recall this game? It was, it was the biggest talking point is that Aston Villa just stayed up. And I think they were given a goal that shouldn't have counted because they got the goal line technology wrong because one of their cameras wasn't didn't working. have the right angle or did it wasn't working. It was oh. the huge talk point. I don't remember all the details. I, I think it I remember hearing massive. it, but I don't. I didn't. It see got it. to the point they said, "Well, why have VAR if it can't even get the goal line technology wrong?" I'll bring right. it up after anyway, so it'll be yeah. another time for the show. But no, that's 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 so true though. I mean, and that's a huge part of it impacted the relegation fight. It gave Villa, I think, an extra point, or maybe it was two points if they tied and went to a win. It was a huge, huge talking point. But now, yeah. now that being said, we can move from VAR to the league itself. And speaking of Aston Villa and their ability to stay up, how big was their game on the weekend? Yeah. And I, and I don't. I, don't, I know. I'm not trying to say it because I know you're a, a Liverpool fan. No, I, I listen. How huge was that team? Like on the day, good on them. You know what I mean? They took their chances. You know, I, I'm a Liverpool supporter, but good on them. They took their chances the way they did. We were not good enough on the day. And if you're if you are uh, uh, the defending champions of any league of any sport, you know you have to have you have to try to build that consistency. You know what I mean in your performances and call it what you want to call it. Three deflected goals. You know not the first team goalkeeper poor performance from doesn't matter it wasn't good enough for for a uh, side that's uh, champions yeah we go back to the the what makes a great player and what makes a a a, a player up, up, at the top level and that's that consistency and that's ability to play it's, yeah it's it's the same for teams yeah you know i mean the the great teams over the years they've had you know performances that were slightly you know not this massive big spikes up and down, right? I mean, it was very consistent. And that's what ge- good teams do. Regardless of how the result is at the time, they will continue to do the, the same things over and over again and then get back on track. And unfortunately, Liverpool didn't do that. Yeah. And and then switching switching things to the other side of uh, the country there, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say Tottenham overshadowed again on that day. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Like, <laughs> well, well, <that> was <laughs> historic win. Um, <laughs> And then all of a sudden it becomes all about Austin Villa. Well, it's an interesting talking point. It might, you know, get into a bit of a conversation here. What's your guys' take on red cards and let's say changing games? Because, I mean, maybe it's pro United fans. Um, Spurs were up 2-1 when it was 11 v 11. The red card happened. And I don't know if you guys saw the red card. It was a bit of a talking point because Lamella went to push Martial and kind of missed him and his elbow came up a bit. Martial reacted and put a hand to his face. Yeah. I would have if, six to one. It was very similar. Maybe you know two what? yellows, it's, whatever. The I case would have is. said I would have said two yellows for sure. Yeah. And but if you're going to give one guy a red, you got to give the other guy a red. I mean, and VAR. How do you not see it? It's mm-hmm. it's. Re- I thought it was really obvious. So yeah. the the arm coming up, the first arm coming up, and I mean, it's totally obvious. My my point to it, you know, speaking to some of my friends about, it, I said 
you still got to score four goals after when you're playing against 10. And sometimes it's as difficult to play against 10 as well, yeah. right? I said, there's got to be a mentality from United. And I watched the highlights back and watched Pogba and, you know, return and try and cover. And it's just like, it just was, he gave away a penalty, let yeah. Oreo run in. And just like, it's the mentality of the 10 that are still open. You know what? And it's it's what Sean just mentioned about the whole team performance. I, I don't think that Man U is as, as consistent as they could be game mm-hmm. in and game out. There's too many elements within uh, different areas of the park that are really inconsistent each game, whether it's defensively, whether it's the midfield, whether it's the attackers not being able to put it in. Um, well, well, huge. Let, yeah, let's just be honest, though. Like, they, their reaction to what happened. So, yeah, okay, you got a player sent off. Um, and I think they gave a PK for that. Did they give a PK or no? no. So no. They, they had, sorry, they got a, uh, a player sent off. But I think there was a goal kick right yeah, after. that was the third goal. And it didn't matter if you had 11 And they started to try to play, uh, play out the back. Yeah, and, the and, back their center, right. and center back played a ball into the center where the, where the uh, I don't know who the midfielder was, but was covered and was marked. And yeah. it, it transitioned into, into the third goal. So I'm like, you just conceded a red card. And then instead of just, you know, trying to gain your composure, trying to, you know, Get organized. Organized, yeah. whatever, defensively. You're still trying to play in a way, mm-hmm. and you put yourself into trouble. So right away, it goes from 2-1 to 3-1. And, and that killed the and game. And then you kill the, that yeah. game's done. But game's I done think even that. getting back, I mean, yeah, the Spurs result, I almost fell off my chair. I couldn't believe it. And then couldn't watch the Villa game, and I saw a text. I'm like, what's going on? Are Liverpool killing it. And I saw a 7-2. I'm like, what's going on? And you look at the league, and it's like, Man City lost to Leicester 5-2. These <laughs> two results we've already discussed. You know, Chelsea were down 3-0 to West Brom. It's literally the most exciting league just because of this. I, I really feel like it's going to be wide open this year in regards to, you would think, oh, it's Liverpool City. And I still think like that. Yeah. But you see what happened to Liverpool and you've seen what happened to City. It's like, well, do you why th- not Villa? Do you think uh, the lack of fans has an impact on the way teams play? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like, Look, I don't think there's that home advantage as much and it's not as fearful. I think it's a big impact, actually. Uh, no, and then we go back to you've got to be up for everything. Mm-hmm. If you're not up for everything not the best result is going to happen for you. Yeah. So you have to go into every single match as up as you can possibly be uh, and and try and put forth the best. I mean, most people go in there. You're not going to go in there thinking, you know what, I'm going to have a crap game today, but I'm playing and I'm making thousands of pounds per week. So no, but uh, yeah, I like, I really think the managers have a massive impact on how teams play without fans. Because players do get up when fans are there, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, so how ca- how can you get them up for when there's there's like fifty people in the stadium? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's more difficult to do. So totally. it feels like a training a training situation, right? Or yeah, whatever. I mean, and the good managers will find a way to make sure their team is ready to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I look at I look at um, just the style of football that some of the teams are playing. You know, you would think that you know Villa in, in a relegation battle last uh, last year. You think they're going to play the way that they did? They're going to press. They're going to go and they they're going to go after Liverpool the way that they did inside the first you know five minutes and mm-hmm. and force them to make a mistake. I don't I don't know if you're seeing that. I think that you're 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 the classic you know bunkered in you know let's keep uh keep all lines tight and 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 try to you know not get broken down from from you know creative football and but you look at Leeds they're they're going after teams that's their style of football Villa did it against Liverpool and exposed them um Leeds played uh played City in that way and and got a result Mm -hmm. you know West Ham beat Wolves for nothing like it's I think the I think the sit back you know, against the top team, sit back. Let's just you know park the bus and try to counterattack. Right, it, yeah. it, I think the style is 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 evolving a little bit as well. 
I'm loving the fact, you know, I, I'm, I, I don't really have a favorite team. I, I just like watching good yeah. football. That's for me. So to see how well Leeds has done mm-hmm. coming into things, in particular, their young keeper that they oh, have. Man, he's he's like been 20 or something like that? Yeah, and he's been different so good. class so far at what he's done. And to see things like the error uh, Liverpool's mm-hmm. keeper made right off the bat there with his distribution and mm-hmm. just some of the inconsistencies of, you know, I, I was going to throw your guy under the bus too, Dano, but I figured I better not. I do it, en- <laughs> I do it enough. <laughs> Hugo, but, Hugo, you don't like Hugo, do you? Uh, well, no, I, I don't mind him. I just <sighs> think, talk about inconsistent. But I think you're seeing that, like, look at De Gea, right? Oh, like, yeah, no, no, great no. keeper, but has the, De Gea, I think, and I really like the kid as a, as a keeper, but I, he struggled the past couple of years, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that is because he's had to carry a lot of the load defensively and mm-hmm. the team in general to keep them in the fight a lot of the times over the past couple of years. So we talk about I just that lo- second I just goal love with oh. Maguire. Oh, if you like, they've they've made like, oh, like, lo- they've made little it. videos with like circus oh, music, like nee, 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 nee. like with him trying to head the ball. That like, was horrendous. Oh, yeah, it was. It was Sunday and then, league, and yeah. at the yeah, end, he ended up pulling the Sunday yes. league. Yeah. Shaw <laughs> was going to clear it, and he pulled Shaw down. And I thought, yeah. "Have we signed McGuire?" <laughs> it was unbelievable. Yeah, oh, it, it, it's it's pretty hairy for sure. Any uh, uh, any thoughts? <laughs> any thoughts from? Uh, I mean, Newcastle's been sort of fifty fifty as far as the games that I've watched. Um, yeah, I mean, about the outcomes, you know, I mean, Bruce gets them organized yeah. defensively. They're not going to give up a lot of goals. Um, but they haven't spent again, you know. They yeah. they just they need a new ownership group. We all know that, and it's uh, it's time it, it got done. Now, know? do you think some of the spending, and I'm, I'm not just going to the the whole Newcastle um, thought process, but just in general because of the way things are oh, COVID yeah. wise, the lack of that fan base. I mean, people still buying jerseys. Depends on the club, right? Stuff. Like Man City will say, hey, is there a defender available? We're going to spend it. I know Spurs yeah, yeah. are, you know, they've loaned players and they're just a bit more creative that way. I mean, it just depends on your owner and I still think the, the top three or four are going to be for sure able to spend the money because they'll have the money to spend. I, uh, I think we mentioned this before, right? Yeah. It's it's get away from the Premier League and the Championship. It's the lower level clubs. Like a Wigan Athletic where are struggling yeah. maybe still. I haven't followed a, too much more on it, but... It's that stuff where it's going to get impacted. It's funny because I I remember some of my last days in the NASL coaching as a goalkeeper coach, seeing Ottawa come in and they had the least budget of players around. I think most teams were in around a million to a million and a half that they spent on their budgets, which sounds crazy Mm because you get one player in the european ranks that is making just as much as the entire team does but i think their budget was like 600k or something like that for their entire squad Mm -hmm. and they went on to play in the finals Mm. i I think they were close they they ended up losing in a shootout or something like that but just the fact that and it's funny because the the head coach at the time was mark DeSantos, who's now with the vancouver whitecaps who are tanking it right now mm, we're not yeah, lost doing again well. yesterday did they lose again because yeah. I, I was watching yeah. part of the game and uh they were down one nil when i stopped watching it but uh yeah. it, it was it was not the best football yeah to they're, watch. they're brutal right now i mean i've i've stopped watching them <laughs> i watched a game a couple of weeks ago where they were just awful you know i'm just not good football at all and it's sad you know i mean i mean mark DeSantis is a good coach obviously but he's not doing the job in vancouver and you know, if he was in Europe, he'd be gone by now for yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, uh, it's I, I, and having worked for the club and, and been part of teams and, and coaching there, 
Um, they usually get three years out of the deal. So this is Mark's final year, I would think, of having yeah. at it before I think they'll make a change. And why three, I don't know. I think uh, Robo was uh, able to go a f- four years, I think. But, uh, yeah, it seems to be a three-year stint for most coaches that come to Vancouver. They can't seem to get it right after Carl Robinson, haven't they? No, and, and it, I think that he was he tailed off like towards the end though, right? Yeah, he did. But again, could that is it is it a complacency that you're getting that much money as a manager? Is it is it the talks with the the ownership group where you're not allowing to be, be able to spend money? And that's where I come back to the whole EPL thing and and knowing that some of these teams don't have the money to spend, yet they're still quality teams. They're still playing and doing really well. And, and, and it comes back to the management now and, or, or the manager uh, to get that team up and ready to go. And, and is it really about spending a ton of money? Yeah, or? no, it's about the scouts as well too, right? It's yeah. about the scouts. I mean, I know we, I go back and, and Liverpool going to sign Dandy Robinson as a left back from Hull City. And, and I don't think they paid more than $10 million for him. This guy's, you know, arguably next to Alfonso Davies, probably one of the best left backs in the world and probably valued over... 100 million now, you yeah. know what I mean? So I think there's a lot to it. There's a lot more than just saying, oh my God, I want Timo Werner from RP Leipzig because mm-hmm. he was the best uh, striker in, in, in the German Bundesliga. And it's like, let's go splash 50 million or whatever for him. It's like, no, you got to get the guys into the do their job. I mean, Newcastle United for me has probably one of the most promising, um, you know, frontline players in Alex and Max Mem. Um, that I've seen in, in, in a long time. And I remember watching, watching a, I think it was a U21 World Cup and, and this kid was just absolutely amazing. He scored a, like a, a phenomenal goal from, you know, on the, on the, t- like the sideline almost uh, in the U21s and then brought in another one, pace, speed, power, almost kind of like a, a Damatriori type player. And I'm like, he did well. He scored. He scored one. Assisted one yeah. on, on the weekend, and and you know it's he's I definitely an exciting player. Players. You know, I mean, when he gets the ball, you sort of off your seat. Yeah. Uh, there's no one in the stands now to do. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> uh, at home, you're off your seat. <laughs> at home, you're off your seat. You know, once he gets in, you want to get at players, which which he does well. You know, but um, it's good to see that type of player yeah. at Newcastle. Uh, we used to have lots of those types of players back in the day. Um, hopefully, we'll get back to the the era where we do have those players again and, yep. you know, looking to win the, win the premiership. Back yeah. in the day. Hey, listen, Robert. you know what? We, we've, we've gone through the gamut of time here. We could go on for hours talking about the EPL, but we'll save some of this for the next podcast. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll wrap things up here. I want to thank uh, D I want to thank Sean and I want to thank Donna, Dono, <laughs> Dono, Shano. It's going to be one of these rhyme things for, for me. Dano, I want to thank you guys for Thanks, being buddy. in here. Thanks, and, uh, yeah, for everyone else out there, uh, this podcast will probably be out tomorrow. I say probably. It will be out tomorrow. Um, so I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. I know it's a tougher one with COVID and, and maybe not being able to go see everybody within the family, but... Hopefully, uh, everyone will enjoy the uh, Thanksgiving meal that you'll uh, prepare and uh, be able to get together with the, the, the immediate family uh, and be able to spend some time together. Uh, looking forward to starting the season. Uh, we'll be getting back to business uh, in the next couple of weeks. We're, we're, leagues are starting, so we're pumped and excited here at the uh, Sherwood Park offices. So, once again, everybody, thanks for listening. And, uh, yeah, you've been listening to Soccer Talk of the Park, the official podcast of... The Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. See you next time. 
You've been listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. 